right, we want to welcome everyone that's here tonight, and uh, also those who are jumping on Facebook Live. I'm going to be teaching something just a little bit differently tonight, and uh, it's number 139 of Mind Brain Connections, and I'm going to be talking about the four rivers out of Eden. Wow. And then we're going to go to Ezekiel 47, and I'm going to show you some things that I have never seen before until this week in this light. You know, I've taught, you know, the rivers up to the ankles and then the knees and, and the loins and then waters to swim in. I've taught that one way, and it can be applied to that way, the way I taught it. But I, I saw something differently this week about that, and I'm going to share that with you when we get further along into the message. So if you have your Bible... Go to Genesis chapter 2. It's the first book in the Bible, in case you didn't know. Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 10 through 15. And we're going to be reading about the rivers of our Father. Now, rivers denote a flowing. And not only do rivers denote a flowing, but they denote a flowing out of us. And not only do they denote a flowing out of us, but you are the river. You are the river. So let's begin there in Genesis 2, beginning with verse 10. Let me read that, then I'll talk about that. It says there in verse 10, And a river went out of Eden. Now how many know where the garden is? It's not over in the Middle East. It wasn't over in the Middle East somewhere, a place called Eden. It's right here. Right here between our ears. And specifically, Eden is the right side, the Christ mind. So a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted, and it became into four heads. Now, I see these four heads depicted as the four aspects within us, the north, the south, and the west. The north being emotions, the south being the physical or five senses, the west being Ephraim, the intellect, the reasoning, and the logic, and then the fourth one being the Christ mind, the spiritual dimension or the Christ mind. So I see those four heads. Isn't it interesting that he even calls them four heads? Four heads. I just thought of that right now. That's how off the grow. So as we yield the north, the emotions, the south, the five senses, the west, Ephraim, intellect, reasoning, and logic, as we yield that to our Christ mind, what happens is there's a transmutation that takes place. We're not destroying the emotions. We're not destroying the ego. We're not destroying the five senses. What we're doing is transmuting them into the realm of spirit and causing them to be joined to spirit or joined to the mind of Christ to where they can be enhanced within us. And they're not operating in and of themselves. Because how many know when they're operating in and of themselves, they're limited. But when they're yielded to the east, yielded to the realm of spirit, yielded to the Christ mind, or yielded to Eden, because what is flowing out of Eden? A river, the river of God. So when we yield them to the river of God, and I'm going to say as we get into the uh, message a little further, not only do we yield them to the river of God, but listen, the river helps us to yield them. Because there's a river, it goes both ways. Because there's a river within us, we are enabled by the river, so we need to jump into the river. Jump into the river. Now look what it says in the verse 11. It begins to name these four rivers, and it says, The name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Now, Pison literally means or denotes a full flow and increase. And let me just 
say we do not experience a full flow of the north, the south, and the west, and I'm not going to say this all the time, we will not experience a full flow until the north, the emotions are yielded, until the south, the five senses are yielded, until the west, the intellect, reasoning, and logic are yielded. Then we experience Pison. Wow. We are Pison then in experience, subjectively, in our experience. So Pison is a full flow and increase. And so as our Christ mind is first and foremost in our life, when it comes to these four aspects, then we're going to experience increase subjectively. We already are that. We already have that river. We are the river. We are the full flow. Amen. Objectively, but see, we don't want to stop with just the objective reality. Right. We want to experience the yeah. subjective experience. Yes. And so it takes the yielding, you see, yes. of the north, the south, and the west to the Amen. east side. Amen. So Pison, the first river, is full flow and increased. Verse 12, and the gold of that land is good. There is bedellium, if I can say that, bedellium. There is bedellium. And the onyx stone. Now, remember the high priest, they had two stones in their little pocket, and they said, well, if they get hot, the answer's yes. If they get cold, the answer's no. And they were called the Urim and the Thummim. Yeah. And they represent light on perfection. Not just lights and perfections, but light on perfection. So what is our light on perfection? It's yielding the north, the south, and the west to the east. That's your light on perfection. That's your river flowing. That's the subjective experience of Pison. It's the subjective experience of all of these rivers that are flowing out of where? The right side, Eden, the garden, you see. So we got Pison, the full flow and increase. Verse 13 then goes on to say, this is the second river, and the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. Now, Gihon denotes a bursting forth or a breaking forth. So when these others are yielded, when the north, the south, and the west are yielded to the east, there's a subjectively there's a breaking forth, like an artesian well begins to come out of us. And, and listen... Again, it's just not something that flows out of us. It's who we be. It's who we have always been from before the foundation. But you see, we want again, we want to walk in that. So Gihon denotes a breaking or a bursting forth. And I see this as an artesian well or a bubbling up. A bubbling up from within. Listen, a bubbling up from within effortlessly. Effortlessly. Now, let me read you a scripture in relationship to that. You don't have to go there, but Isaiah 35, 6 says, Then shall the lame man leap his heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. Let me tell you, the tongue, yes. tongue of the dumb sings when yes. we yield those things. Yes. Because the words are coming out of the river Amen. that we are. Amen. And the tongue of the dumb sing, For in the wilderness shall waters burst forth, break forth, and streams of the desert. You see, this on the north and the south and the west is a desert in and of itself. Yes. So as we yield it, it becomes springs in the desert. And that's what we want to experience. We want to experience them all yielded so they can be enhanced and become greater or become spiritualized, as I've said many times. They're not just intellect. Now, we need intellect. 
We need logic, we need reasoning, but it needs to become spiritual intellect, yeah, yes. reasoning and logic. It needs to become uh, emotions that are spiritualized or, yeah. or they're transmuted into the realm of spirit. There's an alchemy that is going on with all of those things within us as we yield them. Then verse 14 of Genesis 2, talking about the third river, says, and the name of the third river is Hydekel. I think that's how you say it, Hydekel. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria, and then the fourth is Euphrates. Now, Hydekel means rapid and swift. Wow. Rapid and swift. Have you ever seen a, a rapid, the rapids? Yeah. You know, yeah. rivers that are rapid? You don't want to get in them if you don't know how to swim or don't know how to canoe or whatever you're doing in the rapids. Yeah. You want to make sure you know what you're doing if you get in the rapids. Well, you see, the same is true with us. The same is true with us. And listen, it goes further than that. Heidekel means rapids. Now listen, swift like an arrow, which is in the mouth. Quick to speak of his wonders. We're quick to speak of his wonders when we yield the north, the south, and the west, and the east. It just effortlessly comes out. That's all we talk about. And then the fourth one, Euphrates, means sweet water. Sweet water, it means fruitfulness, and I see it as fruit that remains. Wow. Now, the source, the source of these four rivers, as I've already stated, is Eden. Mm -hmm. The garden is where? It's, it's, it's between our ears, but it's specifically the right side, the Christ right. line in the realm of spirit. And Eden means this. It means the place of pleasure and delight. Wow. It signifies, listen to this, perfect harmony. Amen. So when you yield the north, the south, and the west, and the east, you have perfect harmony. Subjectively, you are in perfect harmony. Amen. And of course, when there is a perfect harmony in our four aspects, because the three have been yielded to the fourth, we experience delight, yep. what Eden means, pleasure, and perfect harmony. Wow. Now, as I've already stated, not only... Do we experience what these rivers mean by yielding the north, the south, the west to the east? But the rivers itself that is in us and that we are enables us to yield the north, the south, the west to the east. See? Now, Adam, we know, and depending how you're going to look at Adam, some people look at him as literal. Well, if you're going to look at him as literal, let me just say this. He was put in a finished or completed work. Yeah. In other words, he was placed in the place, he was put in a place of delight and pleasure and perfect harmony. Yeah. Where there was no lack whatsoever. The guy had no lack. Mm -hmm. But yet he thought, well, maybe I can do something to be yeah. like God. And to me, that was the mistaken identity before yeah. they even partook of yeah. the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But look what verse 15 says here in Genesis 2. It says, that he was to dress it and keep it. Now let me ask you the $50 million question tonight. How do you dress and keep your garden? How do you dress and keep your garden? By taking the emotions, Dan. By taking Reuben, the physical realm, the five senses. By taking Ephraim, the logic, the reasoning, and the intellect, and yielding it. Yielding it to the Christ mind, you have then dressed and kept your garden. Amen. That's the dressing and the keeping of the garden. Amen. Now, we know that Eve was the helpmate, brought forth as the helpmate. Whether you look at that literally or 
allegorically, and I'm not saying which way I'll, in fact, I can see them both. I can actually see them both. But do you know what the word help me means? It doesn't mean that she was inferior to the man. It means an equivalent. Yes, Mary, you got it. Equivalent. So you see, our left side, even our north and our south aspects, they're not inferior to the Christ mind. They have a job. They have a position. They are just as important. Adam needed Eve. Eve needed Adam to produce life. Listen, your Christ mind needs the left side. Your left side needs the right side in order to experience this divine harmony that we're talking about. You see, one is not more inferior. They just have roles. That's the word I was looking for. R-O-L-E-S. Roles, not R-O-O-L-S. Someone brought roles tonight. I was thinking about those roles back there. Even those good roles. Roles, R-O-L-E-S. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> roles. They had roles, R-O-L-E-S, to perform. Not that one was inferior. Just like, you know, when Paul talked about the woman must be subservient unto the man or must yield or submit to the man. And then you find another scripture, if you're going to look at that literally, that says we submit one to another. Mm -hmm. yeah. So wait a minute. Mm -hmm. If you're going to look at that literally, although I don't look at that literally, I look at what Paul said as the woman, the feminine principle, yielding to the masculine principle. Amen. Now, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Because Ezekiel saw a visible, viable vehicle of glory. I've said that many times when I've taught around here in the last, what, three, two years. I have I've taught on Ezekiel 47 as seeing a visible, viable vehicle of glory, which is you and I. Wow. Which is you and I. Now, Isaiah saw, listen to this, Isaiah saw the glory in the temple, and we're the temple. Now listen, your body's the house, but the temple, when you're talking about the temple, you're talking more specifically about between the ears, because your temple is right here. You've got one on the left, and you've got one on the right side. Right? So Ezekiel saw, differently than Isaiah, Isaiah saw the glory in the temple, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But Ezekiel saw the glory flowing out of the temple. What did he see? What is the glory? Well, some people say, well, it's goosebumps on top of the goosebumps. Well, you can have that kind of glory. I'm not putting that down. But I'm just simply saying glory is the view and the opinion of the Father. It's the view and the opinion of the right side. That's what glory is. And so Ezekiel saw this glory issuing out of a people coming from the right side, all of the north, the south, and the west yielded to the right side. Let me tell you, that's some glory, folks. Yeah, you got that right. That's some glory. That is the view and the opinion of God swallowing up everything that would try to be, you know, like man whose breath is in his nostrils, swallowing all of that garbage up. So I want to read here. I want to see in Ezekiel chapter 47. As I said, I saw some things I've never seen here before. But Ezekiel saw that as earth yields, heaven comes down. As earth yields, heaven comes down. To where? To earth. Now, heaven and earth are already one. But subjectively, not unless the earth yields to heaven. Is it subjectively true of us? And we're walking in it and experiencing it. So that's the order Ezekiel saw. Number one. Earth yielding and heaven coming down or manifesting. 
Just like we talked about, Rebekah came unto Isaac, and then Isaac rise up and comes down to earth. Yeah. Him representing heaven, coming down to earth. Yeah. Now, what we're going to see tonight, another way of saying this is that earth yields and then heaven manifests. Another way of saying it is, as we yield our earth realm, we know this, we're caught up into the heavens. Yeah. As we yield, and that's the true... Harpazo being caught up, the true rapture that people want to teach us some literal catching away, but it's as we yield earth then that heaven comes, rises to meet earth, and as that happens, we are caught up. You want to talk about being caught up? That's being caught up. You see, and that is then when New Jerusalem in Revelation 21 descends down, you see, what does New Jerusalem descend down for? To minister to those in the earth realm. Just as Romans 8, 19 says, all creation is on tiptoe, one translation says, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Waiting for a visible, viable vehicle of glory that know this and are experiencing this. Now, look what it goes on to say there in Ezekiel 47, verse 1. It says, afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters, what are the waters? Well, it's truth. Waters can be truth. And the truth are the waters, and this is the spirit of the truth, not just the letter of the word, not just reading the Bible, you know, doing a cursory reading and thinking you have it. No, the waters issued forth, that which has been joined together, making up the river, is issuing out from under the threshold of the house. And notice the next word, eastward. 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 It's from the east. It's from the east and comes from the east. That's what it's saying. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side, imagine that, of the house at the south side of the altar. So what is that saying there in verse 1? It's simply saying that as the earth yields, then out of the right side is going to come forth, out of the east, out of the, it says right there, right side of the house, which we are, is coming forth the rivers of living water, and that new Jerusalem that is coming down, Revelation 21, to minister to those in the earth realm. Now, glory that we experience has to come from the east. This is the east. has to come from the right side. Again, what is glory? The view and the opinion of God. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't some good feelings that accompany that. Certainly, you can have goosebumps on top of your goosebumps. You can, you can run around. You can shout. You can do all that sort of a thing. And, and you know, we, we believe in that as long as we're not gathering and having a service just so we have that. But I believe in the glory. I I believe in experience. I believe in getting whacked out. (laughs) I like getting whacked out once in a while. But I don't think I have to have it every time we gather together with the body of Christ. So what does East East speak of? What are some other meanings of East? Well, dawning in the new day. Light. Christ's mind. If you remember when we taught about, and this is Judah by the way, when we taught about the tribe of Judah, we found out that in the tribe of Judah, and this is interesting, there were 186,400 in that tribe, which is the constant speed of light, and Judah means light, the dawning of the new day, it means to be enlightened, it's the day of Aquarius, or the age of Aquarius, it's the age of enlightenment.
enlightenment, it's the age of the feminine where the feminine yields to the masculine and the two are married together, subjectively. Now let me catch my breath a little. <laughs> verse 2, verse 2, verse 2 of Ezekiel 47. This gets gooder and gooder. Then wrought he me out of the way of the gate northward. Damn, that's emotions. Okay? Dan denotes in Numbers 2.25, Dan was in the north, Reuben was in the south, Ephraim was in the west. You can read this in Numbers 22. Dan represents emotions. Reuben represents the physical of the five sense realm. Ephraim represents mere intellect in and of itself, reasoning, and logic. So notice it says, Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. Now let me unravel that. He's taking Dan in the north, bringing Dan to the east side. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. In other words, Ezekiel saw that. Saw the emotions yielded to the east side, okay, to Judah. And then it goes on, unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Wow. So in other words, he's dealing with Dan. He's dealing with emotions. He's dealing with the north here. So to get Dan and the emotions yielded, it must be by looking toward the east and seeing the waters of the right side and joining those emotions to the right side or to the east. Not destroying the emotions. We're not trying to destroy the ego or the emotions or any of that. Intellect or not trying to destroy any of that. But we're wanting it to be enhanced by the Spirit. We don't want to be man whose breath is in his nostrils. Isaiah said, man whose breath is in his nostrils is of no account. Don't have anything to do with that. Don't stay there. So, So then we see what we can also experience as the west and the south yields. Ephraim and Reuben begins to yield. Ephraim is on the west, denotes again intellect and reasoning and logic. Reuben is on the south, that's the physical of the five sense realm. So look what it says in verse 3. Look what it says in verse 3. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, we always see eastward and right side here, right hand, right side, he measured a thousand cubits. Now remember, everything that is measured by cubits when you take the dimensions of anything in the Old Testament that's measured by cubits and you tally that out and then you get the answer and you add the answer together, it's always going to come out to the number nine. Every time. And nine happens to be the number of consciousness. So when the man, it says here, that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. Measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. Now listen. And the waters were to the ankles. Now I know how I used to teach this. And I'm not going to teach it that way tonight. Because I did a little digging. That's why you got the boots on. And that's why I got the boots on. And I found out that the ankles speak of the physical. Reuben. Speaks of the south. Reuben or speaks of the five sense realm. Okay, so the waters were up to the ankles. In other words, what is this saying? It's saying that natural, it's not by might, 
mental might. Yeah. It's not by intellect, mental might. It's not by Reuben, physical power. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Zechariah four six or something like that, or six. It is by my spirit, or that word is consciousness, saith the Lord. Yeah. So when the waters are up to the ankles, what is happening? The waters are affecting mm-hmm. the physical. Mm-hmm. The five sense realm. Wow. Or the physical might that you might try to do step in. Wow. And we all do step in physical might, right? Yeah. Yeah. We all do step in physical might. Yeah, that's right. So what happens when the water is up to the ankles? It begins to swallow up, Man. or it begins to unite, a better way of saying it, it begins to unite the physical five senses with the realm of spirit. Yes. Isn't that good? Yes. Now, verse 4, and he measured a thousand again. Now, thousand can mean glory, speaks of God, because one plus zero plus zero plus zero is one, speaks of God, speaks of our oneness, speaks of glory also. So he measured, verse 4, a thousand and brought me through the waters, the waters were to the knees. And again he measured a thousand and brought me through, the waters were to the loins. Now, I have a book that I uh, I spent some time in this week. I haven't read it for a while, I don't always use it, but sometimes I go to it. And I went to it to find out the ankles and the knees and the loins. It's G.A. Gaskell's book, and it speaks of what the ancients or the early forefathers believed, the people of the East, how they looked at certain words. And the knees, listen, the knees are a symbol, in Gaskell's, are a symbol of moral strength or submission to the law of order and progress. Mm-hmm. What would that take in but intellect? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Reasoning. Yes. Got to figure this out. Got to be moral. You know, we've gone through that where we thought it was all about morality. And I've said for years, it's not about morality. It's about Christ flowing. And that'll take care of the morality. So, so the knees represent the moral strength coming from the West or Ephraim or the intellect or the reasoning or the logic being what? Being affected, being affected so much by the river or by the Christ mind that it brings that, marries that to the realm of spirit. That's what this is talking about. That's what it's talking about. And then the loins, and the rest of that verse, verse 4, means emotions. Here's what Gaskell said. The loins denote desires and sensations arising. What are desires and sensations but the emotions? So there you're talking about Dan in the north again. So the waters to the ankle, the water to the knees, the water to the loins is all talking about the north, emotions, the south, the five senses, and the west, intellect, merely intellect in and of itself, reasoning, and logic. Operating out of those in and of themselves rather than yielding them to the Christ. Now it gets good in verse 5. I mean it gets gets gooder. Can I say that? Verse 5, afterward he measured a thousand. Again, thousand is, is glory. It's God. It's glorious view and opinion of the Father. He measured a thousand. And it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in. Waters to swim in. It was a river that I could not pass over. 
for the waters were risen. Waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. So in other words, the river flowed from the right side and it was so deep that man whose breath is in his nostrils could not overcome it, could not do anything but just simply yield to it. You know, when a person learns to swim, if they struggle in the water, they're going to go down. And, but if they'll just flow, if they'll just, just rest, then that's what we see here in these waters to swim in. Nothing of the side can continue to operate in and of in itself. So that's why, folks, we need to take the plunge. Because not only is it about yielding, it's also about recognizing that the river helps us to yield. And we are the river, and Christ is the river, and the right side is the river, and Judah is the river, and the mind of Christ is the river. Wow. Wow. Now, in verse 6, Ezekiel was returned to the brink of the river. And in verse 7, it states, Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Now, Revelation 22, 1 and 2, I'm not going to turn there, but it depicts there a many-membered tree of life. And it says that the many-membered tree of life was on either side of the river. And, of course, we know we're called trees of righteousness as well. So these trees in verse 7 point to the trees depicted, I believe, in the one tree which bears fruit that remains. This is the tree of life, too. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in and of itself when it's operating all by itself. Man whose breath is in his nostrils is of no account in and of himself. Okay? Now look at verse 8. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east. Imagine that. Still going to the east, still on the right side, toward the east, and go down to the desert, and go into the sea, which bring forth into the sea, which brought forth into the sea, the waters, which being brought forth into the sea, the water shall be healed. Now, what is the desert but a dry place? In other words, the waters... We could say the dry place is over here in us. Get resurrected to this side as we eat. But I'm looking at something else here. I'm changing this and seeing how that I believe what he's talking about here is that as this becomes a subjective experience within us, we go out, see, because the whole creation is on tiptoe looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. We go out to those who are asleep in Christ. The dead in Christ and the asleep in Christ. And we do what? We bring truth that will cause them then to be able to come out of their dry places and their dead places. We bring a resurrection into their life as well. And then it says they go into the sea. What is the sea? Well, the sea, Scripture says in Isaiah, that the sea is a troubled sea of humanity. That's it. So we affect humanity. Now listen, this is our purpose, folks. This is the purpose of salvation. This is the purpose of each and every one of us tonight to experience the joining of the two, the marriage of the two, that we then can bear fruit that remains because that's what the growing creation is looking for. They're looking for a people that out of them flows Eden. 
Amen. The garden. Amen. Out of them flows all of these things that we looked at that each of these river heads represent. The increase, the, the gushing forth, the breaking forth, the flowing, the fruit that remains. Because that's what the grown in creation must see. They're tired of religion, folks. Yes, they are. Yeah. They're tired of religiosity. Yeah. And they want to see a people that are bearing the fruit that remains. Verse 9. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Because these waters come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live whither the river cometh. In other words, everyone is going to experience life from this people that we're talking about tonight. As Romans 8, 19 says, the growing creation is looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? That they might be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God and experience what we have experienced. That's what we see here in verse 9. Everyone experiences life. That these waters of life flow to, through us, and as us. Now, verse 10. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Indigai and Engelam, however you pronounce that, and those words both mean duality. It shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it in other words, we're going to minister these, to these people that are still in religiosity yeah. and in duality. Listen, as they're ready, as they're yeah. ready yeah. you know, yeah. as they're ready, what is the saying that, yes. I don't know if it was Buddha or who made this yeah. up, but, you know, uh, when they're hungry, the teacher will come. When they're ready, the teacher will come. Yeah. And so we don't get ahead. When, we're, when we've had these two married together, we won't get ahead, Amen. but we'll be led of the Spirit. Yes. So we're going to go to these in Ingidai, or Ingalium, however you pronounce it, and it goes to, on to say, they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to the kinds as the fish of the great sea exceeding many. So as we cast our nets to the right side, guess what? We become fishers of men. And we go out and we show to those people that desire to know it. We are fishers of men for those who are desirous to see it. Because let me show you, not everyone is. At this time, everyone eventually will be. But look at verse 11. This is what it tells us. But the miry places thereof and the marshes therefore shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. Now listen, salt slows the flow of water. So to those who are not open for it, those who are not ready for it, those who want to stay in their religiosity, you can't do anything about them at this time. Every man in his own order. Eventually they will. Yeah. Get hungry enough and want it, or desperate enough and want it. Yeah. Okay? Amen. So this is what verse 11 is saying. That's why we must be led of the Christ mind, led of spirit to who we share with. Right, right. And you know, right. kind of my idea is let them come to me. Yeah. Let them come to me. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that that can't be, you know, yeah. the opposite of that. Yes, there have been times I've gone to people because I sensed that they were ready to hear something. And they would ask a question, and I would start babbling off. <laughs> I'd start going, and I'd start talking to them about these things. But look at verse 12. And by the river upon the bank thereof, 
On this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. Now, I want us to notice something here, that fruit is mentioned before leaves. Wow. And in Revelation 22, 2, we see the fruit mentioned before leaves. Wow. Leaves denote a testimony, yes. but there cannot be leaves or testimony without first the fruit. Wow. And when there is the fruit, then there will be a testimony. Amen. And Revelation 22, 2 says that there is fruit that is born every month or fruit that remains. Yeah. The fruit never stops. From the trees of righteousness and those that have been joined subjectively. And then it also says in Revelation 22, 2, it brings healing to the nations or allegorically to the vain imaginations of man. The vain imaginations of man. A lot of vain imaginations going on. Sometimes we even deal with them. A lot of vain imaginations. But you know what? There's divine imagination. You know, if you study in Jeremiah, I think it's chapter 18, where it talks about the potter, you know, that has the clay on the wheel. The potter means, what does the potter mean? Divine imagination. And it also means to bring forth a resolution for any sort of a problem that you or anyone else may have. Wow. As the potter, being one with the potter. Now, I'm not saying you're God. What I am saying is, though, we are Christ in the earth because Christ is both head and body. We are the body. So we're, we're part of Christ, if you want to say it that way, or we are as Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. So it's going to be an in-Christed people that know who they are, know their oneness. They've experienced their oneness subjectively that's going to affect the peoples of the world. Amen. Now, go to John chapter 7. We're done with Ezekiel 30, 47. Go to John 7, 38. John 7, 38. I'm just going to read a part of that verse there. We're going to look at a couple others, and then I'm going to close. It'll be another 10 minutes, though. How many give me 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're, you're all... You're wise, to you. you're, you're wise to me, yes. John 7... I saw about 10, 20, 30. I saw three hands. So John 7, 38, the middle of that says, Out of our belly... Our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Now, what is this talking about? Mm -hmm. It's talking about out of us shall yes. flow the river yeah. that we are. Yeah. Now, I also believe, since it talks about belly, and I know yes. I get some flack from this yeah. occasionally, it's talking about the solar plexus. Yes. And the woman in Revelation chapter 21 that birthed the Christ nature or birthed the man child, she had a crown upon her head, she had drawn out of the Christ mind, it says the moon was under her feet, being emotions were under her feet, or yeah. they were joined to the realm of spirit. Yeah. And it also says that she was, she had a crown on her head, she was clothed in the S-U-N, which speaks of the energy fields being opened. Amen. You know, like it says in Malachi, the sun shall arise, and it's spelled S-U-N, with righteousness, the sun of righteousness, S-U-N of righteousness, with healing in his wings. Because once the energy fields are open, and I'm not going to get off on that tonight, but once the, I can't help it, once the energy fields are open, listen, 
Healing arises. Health arises. Hallelujah. And this was a part of the woman in Revelation 12 birthing the man-child or birthing the nature of Christ. Amen. So we have to add that. See, we are the water. We are the river. Yes. The belly or the innermost part of us is really who we are. Yes. It's who we are. It speaks of spirit as well. Spirit within us. Now, to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, and go to this, go to this, because I want to point a couple things out. In John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus said something to the woman of the well, and I want to make this real personal to us, although you may already know this. John 4, in verse 14, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I... Mm -hmm. Now, we, a lot of times we've thought, Whosoever drinks of the water that, that I, and we separate this I yes. from ourselves. Yes. Yeah. I, the I of Christ, of yeah. you and of me, Amen. see, when that's raised up, whosoever drinketh of the water that, that I, that flows out of me, that I shall give, he shall never thirst. Amen. Never thirst. Amen. And you have that within you, and so do I. Yeah. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So this I is the Christ I in you and in me Amen. as us tonight Amen. as we live specifically from this realm of spirit on the right side. Amen. And we join the north, the south, and the, and the west to the east or to the Christ mind of the realm of spirit. Now, go to Revelation 19, verse 6. A few more, then I'll close. Revelation 19, verse 6. And, 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 and what this says in verse 6 is, is they're rejoicing because of what happened to the great whore. Because of what happened to the great whore, they're rejoicing. Well, let me just ask you, we think of the great whore as a system out there. Yes. I want to tell you our left side could be that great whore. Yeah. That feminine Amen. part could be our great whore yeah. if it's not yielded to our Christ. Amen. So look what it says, and they're rejoicing that the great whore was judged and and was destroyed. And, and see, with us, it's not destroying people right. that are the great whore. It's talking about not even destroying the intellect, the reason. It's not talking about destroying that. It's talking about yielding that. Wow. Joining that. That's yes. what it's talking about. So Revelation 19, 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice, listen, of many waters... And as a voice of mighty thunder saying, Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. So what is it saying? The voice of many waters are a people. Yeah. Yeah. The voice of many waters are a people praising and rejoicing the Father that all of the lower thinking, all of the lower intellect in and of itself and reason and logic and five sense realm has been what? Has been joined unto the Lord. Has been you could say has been vanquished because it's not operating in and of itself, but it is now filtered through the spirit and the Christ mind, and it's enhanced. Yeah. It's made greater than just what it could be in and of itself. Yeah. Okay? So, as I said, sometimes we think of the great whore as some system out there in the Catholic Church. I remember hearing teaching that, well, the great whore is the Catholic Church. No. Yeah. No. It's talking about these on the yeah. left side, a feminine principle in and of itself. Yeah, amen. Whoring amen. around yeah. with other things out here, yeah. <laughs> other thoughts, yeah. other reasonings, yeah. logic, yeah. emotions that are out of control. Yeah. That's the great whore. Oh, that puts yeah. you in your shoes. 
seeking for satisfaction from without rather than from within. Oh. <laughs> or the left side in and of itself. Amen. Yes. Amen. You wow. Now, let me give you a few other things, and I'm going to close. In the parable of the sower, I begin to see that differently. And I know how I taught it before, and it was okay. It was okay for them. But it talks about four different types of ground. Remember the wayside, the stony, the thorny, and the good ground. Well, the wayside ground is mere intellect, logic, and reason. It's mere intellect that cannot understand or be, doesn't want to be penetrated by spirit. That's the wayside. The stony ground... It says he receives it with joy, the word with joy, and then when persecution and tribulation comes, yeah. five senses kick in. Oh, yeah. The emotions kick in. Man. Oh, bless God, you know, I ministered the truth to them, and they didn't want it, and they rejected me. Persecution, tribulation comes, my emotions kick in. Yeah. <laughs> the thorny ground, he hears the truth, and the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world choke the word, because, listen, the desires and sensations of the emotions kick in. Wow. And then the good ground denotes the Christ mind and the realm of spirit, which has true understanding, true understanding. Amen. Amen. I listen to a guy every once in a while. I can't think of his name right now. But instead of understanding, he calls it understanding. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Understanding. Yeah. Wish I could think of his name. Can't think of it right now. And true understanding then has different levels of production or of, of, of fruit. Some 30, some 60, wow. some 100. But with the true understanding on the good ground, what is 30 will become 60 and what is 60 will become 100. Wow. Or fruit that remains. Wow. Now remember when I incorporated the book of Revelation into the mind-brain connections, we talked about the white horse, the red horse, black horse and the pale horse the white horse we talked about being the Christ mind Judah or on the east the red horse we talked about being emotions on the north or Dan the black horse is merely intellect and the pale horse was Reuben if you remember when we talked that and then it goes on to say that the white horse had a bow and a crown so when we draw from what? When we draw from our Christ mind, our thoughts are lifted and shoot into the bosom of God. That's the bow. And when we're crowned by our Christ mind, like the woman in Revelation 12 had on a crown on her head, her Christ mind caused her to birth the nature of Christ. And then the red horse, of course, stands to reason. It's emotions, and it takes peace from the earth, it kills one another, and it has a great sword. And there's the taking peace from the earth, which emotions will do. Yeah. In and of themselves. If emotions rule in our life, it'll take peace from your earth. Amen. And then they kill one another, which means being led by emotions kills our spiritual experience. Yeah. And a great sword is living from our emotions alone, and it is a great sword of destruction in yeah. our life. Yeah. 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 So all the horses can be. Man. The black horse is mere intellect. And it has a pair of balances in his hand. So living from the left side in and of itself is a false balance. Wow. It's a yeah. false balance. Yep. It decides, it evaluates, it weighs everything by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
instead of making decisions by the white horse of the Christ mind. And then there's the pale horse, and the pale horse, it says in Revelation, has death and hell following it. And it says power was given over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, hunger, and death, and with the beast of the earth. So what is that talking about? That's simply talking about when we live from the left side in and of itself, it will lead us into a place where all four, the fourth part of the earth, all four will have no effect in our life whatsoever. That's what, that's what it means, to, to kill the fourth part of the earth, to kill. If you live from the north, the south, or the west, in and of itself, it will kill the spiritual experience within your life. You will not have spiritual experience in your life. So we've looked at the four rivers flowing out of Eden, Hisom, full flow and increase, Gihon, bursting forth, Hydekel, a rapid that comes out of our mouth, Euphrates, sweet water, fruitfulness, all an experience, all an experience that we will have as we yield the north, the west, and the south unto Christ. And we saw in Ezekiel chapter 47 that as we get into the river, up to ankle deep, the physical strength is yielded. As the water comes to the knees, the intellect is yielded, the reasoning and the logic is yielded. As we get into the river and the water is up to the loins, the emotions are yielded, and then we get to the place to where we have to swim, and everything, 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 nothing can flow of this. It's like a bondage. Nothing can flow. So all I'm going to say tonight is jump in the river. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. Jump in the river. And allow the river to enable us to yield the emotions, the five senses, the intellect, the reasoning, and the logic. And the river is there to help us do that. Yes, we yield those things. But listen, the river is in us right here to help us do that. And as we yield that, the Christ mind rises up to meet us. And we experience that oneness Amen. that we've always had objectively. Amen. We experience it subjectively. Amen. 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 Oh, we can throw the pine needle in there too. Yeah. I heard you saying that, but you didn't say it. Yes, yes. So, Father, we thank you tonight. Amen. Thank you for your word, your spirit that quickens, conceives, and makes alive these truths within our heart awareness. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you for our spirit. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this body. In the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.